0: Parent, volunteer, employee. With your different roles and busy schedule, how can you find time to complete the degree you once started? Cornerstone University's programs are designed for busy adults like you. Take one course at a time, back-to-back, to, back, to move through your degree quickly. Attend through an on-campus, live stream, or 100% online format, whichever works best for you. If you're ready to go further in your goals, we're here to make it possible. Achieve without ceasing. Learn more at adults.cornerstone.edu.
1: Bowl season has now come and gone, but don't beat yourself up if you missed it. It's still a great time to get in on the action with my bookie. You missed the 41 record bowl games to bet on, but we still have the National Championship Game Jan 7, and that one's going to be a monster. It still is the most wonderful time of the year, and with the NFL playoffs coming up, oh yeah, you're going to want in. Make sure you are ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. They're all about good customer service. And they have some wild props, which are always fun to bet. Where you bet is as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money, you got to go to MyBookie. I've dealt with them all season, but don't take my word for it. Check them out yourself. You'll be satisfied. Join now. MyBookie will offer a 50% deposit bonus. To make sure you've got a nice bankroll to start 2019, use promo code ZABE when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo. At my bookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, do movies today suck or are we all just a bit too nostalgic? Wait till you hear the list of movies the year 1984 produced. Antonio Brown is proving why the Players Association will never win at the bargaining table. Scott Van Pelt puts the Redskins on blast. The new Roosel golfer in play and all that plus my definitive rating of New Year's Eve smoke shows on television. A bonus, 30 minutes of me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go.
0: And here he is having the time of his life.
1: Wednesday, January 2nd, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get right into it. So over the holiday weekend, or over the holiday week, I actually went and looked up a bunch of movies I wanted to go ahead and watch. I I might have told you this in a previous Savecast. I don't recall or if it was on the air in D.C. And the list I came up with was very thin. I went all the way back to the start of the year, and I looked for the releases by month. I didn't just say what were the top movies of 2018 and then skim off that. I really wanted to go month-by-month to go, okay, uh I remember that one. Yeah, I wanted to see that. Okay, I missed it. And here's the list that I came up with. Solo, which is the latest in the Star Wars installments, which was blasted as terrible. I don't care. I still want to see it. I feel like I have this obsession or compulsion or a responsibility to see every one of the Star Wars movies, and I've not yet seen that one. Uh, Happy Time Murders, which is the dirty Muppet movie with um, uh, Melissa McCarthy, that too got terrible ratings. I don't care. I-, I just thought the premise was funny, and anytime you can have Muppets telling really R rated, raunchy sex jokes, uh, I'm in. Black Panther, of course, was a huge blockbuster. I did buy the DVD of that, Blu-ray of that. I'm going to watch it. I've got it. First Man, about the uh, Apollo mission. Uh, That, uh, Yeah, Apollo, First Man on the Moon, whatever. Uh, That I've got to see. Deadpool 2, I did buy the Blu-ray. I've got that to see. Oceans 8, that's the chick version of the series. I would like to see that. Bad Times at the El Royale looked stylistically pretty cool. Had some cool actors. I said, okay, I'll see that. I do want to see Bohemian Rhapsody. I do want to see Star is Born. They're not out on DVD or Blu-ray yet. I wanted to go in the theaters and see Vice. I wanted to see Sherlock and Watson. Vice was supposedly just okay. Sherlock and Watson was apparently terrible. I mean, flat out, walk out of the movie theater, terrible. So, given that as a backdrop, I happen upon this on my Twitter feed from the I Love the 80s account, and they just put out a list of movies that came out in 1984 alone. This is one year. This is not a list of the best movies of the entire 80s. This is one year, 1984. Terminator, blockbuster sci-fi, spectacular. Ghostbusters, blockbuster, action, sci-fi, Comedy that the entire family could see. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune. Straight action. Again, another family movie. Nightmare on Elm Street, a brand new horror flick with an incredible villain. Uh in Freddy Krueger with the knife hand. And the whole premise of it was incredible. Star Trek 3. Okay, so they were still making sequels in '84. Beverly Hills Cop, the original. Eddie Murphy's breakout movie. The Natural, classic. Gremlins, Karate Kid, Revenge of the Nerds, Police Academy, Romancing the Stone, Red Dawn, where Russia invades us, Amadeus, The Killing Fields, The Gods Must Be Crazy, 16 Candles, Spinal Tap, Splash with Daryl Hannah, Once Upon a Time in America, Conan the Destroyer, Buckaroo Banzai, Footloose, Never Ending Story, The Last Starfighter, Starman, Beat Street, and Breakin'. Okay, some of the ones at the end were not that good. But, my God, that's that's 10 or 11 movies that were awesome. I get the sense, and I'm sure there's been articles written about this, that now, Hollywood just has no tolerance for, is this or is this not going to be a good movie? They want franchises, and they want action movies that can sell overseas. So therefore you get a billion Terminator movies, or not Terminator, you get a billion um, Transformer movies because they're guaranteed to make several hundred million dollars with easy dubbing into another language overseas. And actual, original, well-written, unique movies with good actors or great actors with good scripts of interesting concepts that can be seen by... The whole family doesn't exist almost. Or at least it doesn't seem like it exists. So what's going on at the movies? Are movies worse now? Or is this just a nostalgic look back and go, oh man, those movies were so good. Maybe they weren't that good overall. Maybe 1984 was just like the 29 Yankees, or excuse me, the 27 Yankees in terms of a blockbuster year for making movies. Hey, where do we stand with running quarterbacks in the NFL right now? The Lamar Jackson success story, I think, has to make us stop and reaccount for how we typically feel about the position in the NFL. The consensus is, well, these running guys, they get killed. In fact, that was what, uh, who said that dismissively after, oh, it was Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis said it dismissively after the first game that Lamar Jackson played and ran for a billion yards, not yards, but ran a billion times against the Bengals and beat them. Yeah, well, these, these running guys get hurt all the time. Here's a stat for you, not the stat of the day, but it's a stat. Russell Wilson is the only quarterback this year who played every snap for his team. Russell Wilson has never missed a single game or a single start in his seven pro seasons. Russell Wilson also has the second most rushing yards and rushing attempts of any quarterback since he was drafted in 2012. The only other guy to run it more is Cam Newton. Cam! So where do we stand in the whole mobile quarterbacks can't stay healthy debate in the NFL? Obviously, RG3 was the cautionary tale of see, see what happens. But RG3 maybe was the exception maybe running guys like Russell Wilson who runs like a baseball player and knows how to slide and knows how to get out of bounds and doesn't run so much on design runs. He's a bit more of a scrambler, a modern day supersized, incredible Fran Tarkenton. Maybe that's the type of runner that you need. Maybe we should think about guys like Lamar Jackson as, hey, he doesn't have to be Johnny Unitas throwing the ball. Or Namath. Well, I'm picking some bad throwing quarterbacks. He doesn't have to be Dan Marino in terms of his quick release and or accuracy. Or Joe Montana. Or Peyton Manning. Or Aaron Rodgers. If he's just good enough throwing, and I I think Lamar Jackson is plenty good enough throwing, his running is so devastating yeah but eventually he's gonna get hurt well rg3 ran stupidly when he played and rg3 also had the body of a track athlete and rg3 also had a sense of delusion about him and rg3 himself wanted to stop running and be a pocket quarterback when he wasn't that good but what do we think about all right, let's take a quarterback in the first round, maybe mid to late first round, like Lamar Jackson was. He was the last pick of the first round. And let's say, well, we don't expect him to be our franchise guy for 12 years, but he can be our quarterback and win a shit ton of games because he can run like the wind. And we're going to count on him for about six years. And then we'll draft somebody else. Might be time to rethink how we look at running quarterbacks in the NFL. Antonio Brown is proving why NFL players are never, and I repeat, never going to win at the bargaining table against a bunch of billionaires the next time they start talking about a new collective bargaining agreement. Antonio Brown now wants to be traded. He has apparently requested that. The story continues to evolve as we come out of the New Year's Day break in Pittsburgh. He apparently doesn't like the fact that Tomlin according to reports, is too closely aligned with Big Ben. Whatever. People are talking about, well, what what would it take, you know, what, what could they get in a trade for him? How would it work? From what I understand, the way they restructured Antonio Brown's contract, he's got $21 million of dead cap money that would hit the Steelers if they trade him, and they wouldn't get compensation until next spring at the earliest. That's probably not going to fly if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you've got to find a way to maybe you know, calm him down, placate him. Now, maybe this is just a typical wide receiver outburst, but if you're an owner and you're looking around and you're now negotiating this next 10-year deal with the players, believe me, one thing every owner is going to say is, hey, we can't have a fucking wide receiver get his panties in a wad and then sit out a Week 17 game that could determine whether a marquee franchise gets in or... Or stays out. We can't have that. We we've got they're gonna go for stiffer penalties for these kind of things, these kind of stunts or actions where guys just go, nah, I'm not gonna play. Because okay, Antonio Brown's gonna get fined, I'm sure. But is it gonna matter him? No, he already got his big contract, and so that's all that matters. Also, Antonio Brown apparently has commissioned a custom diamond ring. In the shape of a goat. That's right. As in greatest of all time. (laughs) It's a diamond studded goat ring. And I got to admit. It's pretty spectacular. Awesome. (laughs) Six and a half carats. A thousand very small diamonds. But VVS. Good quality. And it's apparently... Worth twenty thousand dollars, a thousand micro pave VVS diamonds. The uh white the the jeweler called Gable Gabriel the jeweler, who works with other superstars like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, worked with Antonio Brown on this custom goat ring. <laughs> you have to see it. Also, Antonio Brown has a two hundred thousand dollar gold and diamond birthday pendant which features the names of browns children guys like this who are the important guys you need on your side to win a knockdown drag out battle with the owners over a new collective bargaining agreement no you're never going to win with these guys so i went to a new year's day party at a neighbor's house and it was nice Now, you got to understand, I I chose to live out in the country on 10 acres so I could have my football field and my driving range and and, and mow the grass and look out on the big green ocean of grass and say, man, doesn't that look good? It's my choice. But by living where I live, I don't live with a lot of families that have necessarily young children. I live kind of with a bunch of retirees, people who made their money working in and around the Washington, D.C. area, and have kind of retired to horse country. Now, they're wonderful people and all. But at this party for my neighbor, who is also retired and has grown kids, he's a grandfather, he's like 70 years old, maybe, or at least 68 or something like that. this party, I think, my wife and there was a couple other couples in and around the area that were about 50, 51, 52. We were the youngest ones there. And there's a trivia contest that Melanie, uh, my neighbor's, uh, or my, yeah, the, my neighbor, uh, the neighbor's wife, lovely woman, a British national who's been living in the States, she organized a trivia contest that went on way too long. I, I appreciated the effort, but it, it <laughs> looked like an hour and a half where all these questions were posted in different stations in their basement and you teamed up together as groups to, to answer the questions without, of course, using your phone. I want to go to a party where I'm the oldest guy, not the youngest guy. I uh, did talk fox hunting, though, with uh, my neighbor Christy and her husband Scott. They apparently do this. Ah, oh, it's crazy. Yes, I live where they do fox hunting on giant properties, where the the, the, do- the hounds go chasing the fox there's a master and then there's uh, what else what other terms did she say? Uh, and there's a you know a big group of riders on horses that just go riding like crazy uh, behind the dogs. And once they've tracked down a fox and they've pinned it down and made it gone down to ground, that's it. Uh, fox hunts over. You don't actually hunt you don't shoot the fox. You don't eat the fox. That's what it is. Very interesting. I wonder if I'll ever do that. Mm, no. Also, my friend Scott and his wife Christy met at a Redskin game, which is interesting. And my fr- my neighbor Scott said, well, he used to be a Redskin season ticket holder for about five or six years, a club seat owner from 2005 to about 2010. And I said, well, what do you think about the season? And he goes, oh, I don't even watch the games anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me? He said, "Nah." I said, I don't know, I just sort of not into it anymore. I'm not I'm not into sports. I'm into hunting. I'm a lawyer, you know. I like to shoot, I like to hunt, like to ride horses when I can. I'm just not really into it. Said that he actually met his wife at a Redskin game. So I said, "Well, what was it that finally turned you off?" He goes, "I just did the math. I almost never went to games, and it was costing me $6,000 a year for 10 games, two tickets, parking, etc. And I couldn't give the tickets away. I couldn't sell them for face value, I, they were a complete white elephant. I said, so how'd you get out of it? He goes, well my contract was ending, but you had to notify the team, otherwise there was an automatic rollover. So they would hope that people would forget. I sent them, and this is what he said, he goes, I sent them an email, I printed out the email, I faxed it, I, I took another printout of the email, and I put it in a certified letter, I called them, And I think he did something else. I go, wow, you really wanted to let them know that uh, you were out. And I said, did they hound you to try to renew? He goes, oh, yeah, they put the squeeze on me, but basically I wasn't coming back. And that was that. Bowl season has now come and gone, but don't beat yourself up if you missed it. It's still a great time to get in on the action with my bookie. You missed the 41 record bowl games to bet on, but we still have the National Championship game, Jan 7, and that one's going to be a monster. It still is the most wonderful time of the year, and with the NFL playoffs coming up, oh yeah, you're going to want in. Make sure you are ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win, they're all about good customer service, and they have some wild props, which are always fun to bet. Where you bet is as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money, you got to go to MyBookie. I've dealt with them all season, but don't take my word for it. Check them out yourself. You'll be satisfied. Join now. MyBookie will offer a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you've got a nice bankroll to start 2019. Use promo code ZABE when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo. At MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. And on that note, Scott Van Pelt used his One Big Thing segment on New Year's Eve night on the Redskins and how bad things have gotten. Van Pelt does a great job with these One Big Things uh, commentaries. And on this one, because he is a big Redskin fan, he put the team on blast. I really do believe that's a powerful platform he has, which may not actually enact change with the Redskins because they seem to be oblivious, but it carries some real weight. I think, in the sports world. He said that team officials, and let me get the exact quote here, Van Pelt said he ran into some Redskins executives last winter at the Super Bowl. He was, according, uh, he, he told his national audience on ESPN that he was, quote, blown away by their arrogance, unquote. They still carry themselves like their brand is royalty, said Van Pelt, But you're like Sears, something that once was. In what make-believe space do you exist where you convince yourself of some alternate reality? Boom. Roasted. He's not wrong about that. I think the Redskins are in danger of being Sears to a certain degree. Sally Jenkins weighed in as well for the Post, says a league official told her that the league office considers Bruce Allen quote, literally a joke, unquote. And then the juiciest of all rumors, because we still don't know if if Jay Gruden is coming back next year, but the juiciest of all rumors is this, from Burgundy Blog on Twitter. That's at Burgundy Blog. This is a guy who, he's not a traditional media member. He has some great connections. He's the guy that printed uh, actual, copies of Alex Smith's contract that he had somehow gotten his hands on, which was incredible. Here's what Burgundy blog said. Working contacts for updates, no major scoops yet, but getting a few interesting details about events since the game. The following is what I've been told. I believe to be true. Dan Snyder stayed at FedEx field for about eight hours after the game, mostly in closed door meetings. Don't have a full invite list, but Bruce Allen was with him for most or all of it. To me, writes Burgundy Blog, that doesn't seem like something that would happen if Dan were about to then sack Bruce. Precious few other individuals were involved in the long meeting. Not sure how few, but I'm led to believe that Jay Gruden was not included himself. Guess who apparently was there, says Burgundy Blog, for, quote, about an hour, unquote. Christopher Cooley. At around 3 a.m., Snyder left FedEx Field, got in his plane, and flew to the Bahamas, where he often goes. I think he's still there. I do not think any Redskins officials joined him, but I'm told he was—he has continued dialogue by phone with Bruce Allen. That sounds to me 1,000% plausible. Does not mean that Chris Cooley could be the new general manager? No, I don't think so. But you never know. And Dan Snyder just flying off to the Bahamas by himself would not surprise me. And talk about just abdicating your helm right after a season in which important decisions could and should and must be made. And I'm just going to go to the Bahamas. Okay, then. Tom Brady missed all of his bonuses this year. I know let's all be quiet for the world's tiniest violin playing the world's saddest song brady basically bet on himself on a series of team friendly deals or a team friendly deal itself bet on himself in the tune of 1 million dollar performance bonuses five of which which he went o for 5 he was supposed to get a million dollars for finishing in top 5 in the league and passer rating Oops. wait a minute damn it mashing buttons right now. We'll take that out in post-production. Now nah, don't bother. He was supposed to get a million dollars in completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown passes, and passing yards. Not top five in any of them. Don't know exactly how much he made absent of that. This story that I'm reading from right here, which is uh, by... Anthony Barstow, in the New York Post, doesn't list his actual salary. Wow. Guess I should have looked that up myself. Guess I should have. uh, Let's see here. So all told, Brady still made out all right in 2018, not to mention the $15 million he was due anyway. Okay. So he made $15 million. They probably should have put that somewhere near the top. So instead of $20 million with the bone eye, he only made 15 million. Didn't have a very good year. Some people say they see it now. They can see where the end is finally near for the now 42-year-old Tom Brady. Urban Meyer is going to teach a class in leadership at Ohio State. Now that he has done coaching at the Ohio State University, This is a total joke. I don't like to vilify uh, Urban Meyer the way that some people do because I think it was a bit overplayed how much he could have done or what he should have done or how he handled the situation with assistant coach Zach Smith. But the lying, though, you can't be a total liar like he is and teach a class on leadership. But that's what they're giving him at Ohio State University. And no, I don't believe he's done coaching. I believe he's going to come back somewhere, somehow. Probably not the NFL, but in college, probably. Tucker, what are you doing over there, buddy? Uh, By the way, my dog is sitting here quietly curled up like a little brown donut because he likes being in my office on my leather chair as I podcast or do work. And he must have been dreaming about catching squirrels or something. Back to sleep, buddy. Back to sleep. New Year's Eve. I hope you had a good New Year's Eve. It was uh, spent at home with myself and my wife and my older daughter. I made the utter mistake of buying confetti, which actually was like glitter confetti, I suppose it would be. You know, there's confetti, and then there's glitter, and then there's this hybrid, which is glitter fetty I bought it at the party store, and I threw it up, big fistful of it, with all three of us at the stroke of midnight, and I... <laughs> we'll never get it all up. I'll be seeing tiny gold flecks for the rest of my life. These things, obviously they took some you know, gold foil, ran it through a shredder, and so there was this big bag, well not a big bag, but it was a bag of shredded gold flecks of all different sizes. And they were triangular, and they were sliver like and they were none of them were much bigger than a snowflake and i'm telling you they they stuck all over my neck and they were itchy because they are kind of triangular they've got points on them some of them would lie flat against your skin you couldn't even get them off they were in my hair what little hair i have the ring of hair around my bald head in my eyebrows spent an hour vacuuming up the home theater never again we should have just ripped up you know, printer paper into squares that were the size of quarters, that would have been just as good as confetti. Much easier to clean up. Never again on this. That said, I did like watching all the hotties on New Year's Eve telecasts. My God. And I know that she is a wackadoo anti-vaxxer, but Jenny McCarthy to me is still damn hot. And she's good on that show. She's good with Seacrest. She does what a host is supposed to do. Bring energy, be funny. And I'm sorry, I think she's hot. I'll put aside the whole anti-vaxxing thing and just say she's number one on my list of hotties. Number two is Lucy Hale. Man, that little dynamo is uh, a great host to have. She's done the New Orleans part of it now the last couple of years. Ciara performed Mrs. Russell Wilson, she's fantastic. Uh, the gal who does Havana, oh my, my, Camila Cabello. Whoa. Skylar Gray, I didn't know about this chick until on New Year's Eve I saw her perform. I'm like, damn, I like that. A lot of tattoos, though. Bad girl, bad girl. She's from Mazzamani, Wisconsin. I've never heard of Mazzamani uh, she won Ringtone of the Year in 2006, grew up performing with her mother. And Skylar Gray is not her real name. I've already forgotten her real name. I've already uh, I've already forgotten his name. Forgotten her name. But yeah, Wisconsin girl, Skylar Gray. Maria Menounos is still hot to me and a cancer survivor, although she was so overly tan or maybe had very bad makeup. It just didn't look good in the rainy Times Square And Maren Morris, who does the song In the Middle, which I'm using as the bump-out music right now for 2019, at least for the immediate future, the ending music on this podcast, she was pretty hot as well. Didn't watch a whole lot of bowl games. Uh, I just They're exhibition games. I can't super get into it. They're on. I check them out when I can. What I really like, though, is the viral video of Bevo prior to the game between Georgia and... And Texas, that'd be Bevo, the the steer, uh, for Texas, attacking Ugga, the little mascot bulldog, uh, where the two of them were on the sideline. I guess somebody wanted them close enough for a photo shoot. As soon as the giant bull saw Uga, it started going after it. Now, luckily, it didn't go after it in a totally crazed manner, but it did go after the little uh, the little bulldog. Some redneck fans like get a Bevo get them gets me to thinking could we have mascot fights real life animal mascot fights oh that's right the uh society against uh protection and cruel SPCA would be against that and I would be against it as well we don't fight animals against each other new rules of golfer in fact I uh, know it's winter time for most people uh Many people that listen to this podcast, not everybody though. You've got warm weather listeners. New rules of golf: you can now drop the ball from knee height. You don't have to drop it from your shoulder. You can tamp down spike marks or any other damage to the greens, including animal damage. You can touch the line of the putt without a penalty. You can putt with the flag stick in. Bryson DeChambeau says he's going to do that. It's now three minutes you got to look for a lost ball, not five. You know your buddies at the club are going to violate that rule every time. I swear it was right over here. Dude, it was 50 yards right into the trees. You're never finding it. You can ground your club inside a hazard. Uh, You can use laser laser rangefinders or GPS units unless otherwise stated in competition. You cannot have your caddy help you line up prior to your shot or during your shot, which is really only an LPGA-related rule because on the LPGA – It seems like every caddy stands behind their player, helps line them up, and only gets out of the way at the last second. Apparently you can't do that now. They're going to encourage ready golf, the USGA, in their new rules of golf, but there is no such formal rule about playing ready golf. Which means if you're at your ball and you're ahead of somebody else, normally you're supposed to wait for the guy furthest away to play uh, ready golf is just, hey, if you're at your ball, you're ready to hit, and then you know nobody else is hitting, go ahead, hit. Quicker, let's move this along. Also, they have recommended playing uh, a form of max score. So in stroke play, once you reach your max score, whether it's two over, three over, pick it up. I applaud both those things, but it's all going to depend on you know what your guys like to play. There is a local rule of modified OB, which is interesting. They say that the local rule, which can be enacted, a local rule means it's not part of the rules of golf. Local rule means if you want to implement this, you can. Your club, your golf course can print it on the scoreboard and say there's a local rule which you get free relief from any newly planted trees that have mulch around them because we don't want people damaging the trees. So a local rule, they say, of modified OB is available to clubs or competitions that would like to use it in which instead of stroke and distance, which is always the, you know, out of bounds is the big killer of your score in golf because you have to count your original shot, one, add a penalty shot, two, and then the distance part is you go back to where you hit that first ball out of bounds, so usually it's on the tee. So now you're hitting three with no ball in play and getting that second tee shot in play and in bounds is often twice as hard as the first one. You just blew out of bounds. The new local rule would be to estimate where your ball crossed the out-of-bounds line, which is ripe for abuse, and then draw a line no closer to the hole in the fairway where you can drop at a one-stroke penalty. So you could be lying two in the fairway, no closer to where you went out of bounds as part of this modified OB. It's not part of the rules yet. It's, I'm sure, never going to be implemented on the PGA Tour. But man, that seems like it's gone way too far when it comes to the new rules. Also, the PGA Tour says they will experiment with doing live interviews of players during rounds, but will still leave it up to the players to decline said interviews if they choose. Rory Mac- Rory McIlroy has said he has been asked on the European tour where they've been doing this periodically. He's been asked numerous times. He said he has said no every single time. Many of these guys are like, no, I don't want to just. I want to be with my caddy. I want to be in the flow. I want to be thinking about my round, and that's that. Is this good? A company has had to issue a recall. An Alabama company has recalled tons of hot sausages because they may be contaminated with bits of metal. Good God! The USDA recall notice says it's not had any reports yet of injury from the R.L. Ziegler Company sausages, which were shipped nationwide out of Selma, Alabama, but they do say that some metal chunks may have slipped into the packaging when they were produced, yikes! Which brings me to a weird story that happened at church a couple weekends ago. In fact, it was on Christmas Day. As a matter of fact, so Christmas Day service is done. We're gathered in the gathering hall at the church, and food and you know uh, some cheeses, some crackers, some cookies are all there, and there is a dip. There's this disgusting spinach dip that just came out of the oven. It's all nice and hot. I'm standing there waiting to go run right past the stupid spinach dip to go get something that I would like. And I drop my plate, which was a glass plate, right on the edge of the spinach dip, causing the glass plate to chink, have a little... Chink taken out of the plate. I can say that, can't I? Chink out of the plate. A, a, a little, you know, impression on the plate where I could see on the table there were several very dangerous small shards of glass. Other people were around me, and I go, oh my god, I don't know if we can serve this now. I just dropped my plate. It hit the edge of the spinach dip. There's glass chunks. I can't see. The way that the spinach dip was, you could hardly see. You couldn't di- If you put a glass sliver in the spinach dip, you wouldn't see it because of the sheen of whatever con- other ingredients were in there. And yet, because I hated the spinach dip, it was easy for me to say, "Now, just throw this away. I don't want anybody on Christmas Day going to the ER with a glass sliver in their throat or in their stomach, for God's sakes. But one of the other guys uh, there at church was like, thing it'll be okay and he's kind of squinting down looking at it. I'm like, "I don't I don't feel good about this." He's like, "Well, gosh, it'd be a shame if we threw it away." And at that point, I didn't want to get into an argument on Christmas Day of, "Yeah, well, it'd be a real shame if somebody's throat got slit open because of me and because I said, "Ah, yeah, it'll be fine." He wanted to press ahead. I was the guy that was going to feel bad about it if somebody got seriously hurt. So he ends up scraping off with a large spoon the top layer of the spinach dip, takes a good look at it one more time and says, yeah, I think it'll be fine. I just walked away and I said, okay, I don't feel good about this. Luckily, that was on Christmas Day and now it's been a week later, so I think everyone's fine. And it worked out, but I did not like that position I was in. Uh, speaking of glass, whatever happened to Google Glass? Remember the glasses with the stupid Google camera and the computer on it that people were freaking out over going, you can't wear those in here. You're recording people. Is that is Google Glass still around? Are they trying to develop it further? Did it die in inglorious death? Whoa, what happened there? Also, it got me to thinking, why don't we at this point have glasses that look like normal glasses that you can't distinguish that have a tiny, I mean, tiny pinhole camera in them and a tiny pinhole mic that can record conversations you have with people who have no idea they're being recorded. Can you imagine the mayhem that would cause walking around with glasses on and recording conversations between you and your boss or you and certain clients or who knows who? in which they think, oh, yeah, I'm not being recorded. Nothing's going on here. And you tell somebody one thing, and they go, aha, gotcha. And then you take it back to somebody else and go, hey, did you see what this guy said? Michael McCarthy tweeted, so much for the NFL is dying narrative. Fox Sports' late Sunday afternoon game window was ranked number one in all of television this fall for the 10th straight season, averaging $22.1 million viewers let me repeat the number one tv show in all of tv all networks all shows was tele- was televised tackle football on fox late sunday afternoon numero uno 10th straight year that was the case wow lastly i'll ask you this question before we wrap it up today <laughs> How do you feel about hosts getting drunk on the air? Amber Theo Harris of the NFL Network, friend of the show as well, used to be on the sports reporters with Andy and I back when she worked on Masson in Baltimore. Amber Theo Harris tweeted Tomorrow I'm pitching the idea of letting NFL Network hosts get hammered live on the air at the Super Bowl because, hey, if CNN can do it, why not us? <laughs> I did watch a bit of Brooke Baldwin and Don Lemon do their now, I think, annual shtick of getting drunk on the air, on CNN, on New Year's Eve. I think on New Year's Eve, it's one thing. And I think it's a, if it's only two people like that, okay, it's, it's within the realm of that's acceptable. I don't think it would work for the NFL Network. I also think that what people don't realize is when there are drunk people on air, whether it's radio or television, and there's sober people at home watching... It's not as good for the sober people as the drunk people think it is. All you have to do is to be a sober person amidst a group of drunks, whether you're the designated driver or if you don't drink, and you quickly realize this is not fun. I have been in those situations where I have been you know, been off the bottle. I've quit drinking, and I've gone out with buddies, and they get drunk. Not stupid, crazy, slobber all over you, arm around your neck. Hey, buddy, this is the best thing ever. Drunk, but just drunk enough, and you're there sober, going. I'm not having as much fun as this. I'm not. I don't feel good. I feel sober. I don't. I don't have that warm, gauzy feeling of peace and happiness that good old alcohol gives you. I don't think things are as funny as you think they are. Not nearly as fun. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell three friends. Oh, Tucker's awake now. Hey, buddy. How are you? Get the ZabeCast app as well. We've got our premium football edition coming up on Friday. Playoff style, format, location, and guests still to be determined. But I've got some good ideas brewing on that. Go to Zabe.com slash premium for the Friday Premium Podcast. And remember, email me with topics and suggestions at Zabe at Yahoo.com. Now get back to your desk today and clear out that voicemail box from the long holiday and we will see you next time. Bowl season has now come and gone, but don't beat yourself up if you missed it. It's still a great time to get in on the action with my bookie. You missed the 41 record bowl games to bet on, but we still have the National Championship Game Jan 7, and that one's going to be a monster. It still is the most wonderful time of the year, and with the NFL playoffs coming up, oh yeah, you're going to want in. Make sure you are ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win, they're all about good customer service, and they have some wild props, which are always fun to bet. Where you bet is as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money, you got to go to MyBookie. I've dealt with them all season, but don't take my word for it. Check them out yourself. You'll be satisfied. Join now. MyBookie will offer a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you've got a nice bankroll to start 2019. Use promo code ZABE when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo. At MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. At Vanguard,
0: this is more than just a retirement plan. This is your cappuccino date in Italy. The beach house with the matching bicycles. It's your rental car down memory lane. And weekends reuniting with friends from over the years. This is the future you imagined. And Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.
1: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty?